We're going to be in Judges chapter 7, verse 2. Judges chapter 7, verse 2. Um, I'm just going to read that, that verse. And it reads, first of all, thank you, softball team. They played yesterday against the police. Amen. We had a great, great time. I don't know. They ain't even keep score. First, we were losing bad. They were trying to be nice. Like, look, man, we ain't out here to save no souls today. We're trying to. <laughs> they started playing good, so it was a great day. That's why I don't have a suit on. They said they're going to wear their they T-shirt. I'm like, oh, man, shoot. I was going to wear a suit. I'm like, man, I'm going to wear me some laid-back clothes. Amen. But anyway, thank God. We had a great time fellowshipping with the police and, and um, making sure we continue to build those community relations. So I thank you, church, for being a church with vision and making sure that we do more than just um, preach the gospel in these four walls, but take it outside of the walls to make sure. And we pray, and a lot of time when you pray for the city, in the city, you know, you, when, you, when it's a one you get called to, you, you, you know, they don't want you to say Jesus. You know, the law say you can't say it. Uh, that it doesn't hold you back, but they always sing you these written uh, disclaimers telling you not to say Jesus, because that's what the power is. But, we led prayer, and when Deacon Spells closed it out, closed it out in the name of Jesus. And everybody huddled up, all, everybody in the stands, everybody who was the police, not the police, Newbies Grow, not the Newbies Grow, we all ended with Jesus Christ. So it was just a great, powerful, powerful evangelistic moment, and we just thank God for our kingdom men and kingdom women who were out there on yesterday. Amen? Judges 7-2, reading from the King James Version. And it reads, and the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, mine own hand have saved me. Man, you know sometimes God just don't want it to be looking like you're going to win. Let me read that again. Y'all got to hit. Let this marinate. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee, that mean with him, I know King James confused us. The people that with you, Gideon, are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel, y'all, vaunt themselves against me, saying, my own hand have did this, saved me, which means I, we did it without God. It was us. Amen. Lord, I ask for your power, your grace to reside in me, upon me, around me. Allow me to bring a word for your people for this hour. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Although this word is for the women as well, we're speaking from the subject, a few kingdom men. Amen. A few kingdom men. But, 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 but in, in December of 2001, Nick Smith, a Republican congressman from, from Michigan, introduced the Universal Military Training Act of 2001. This called for the induction of young men into the armed forces who were registered under the Military uh, Selective Service Act. Also, uh, this authorized young female volunteers to receive basic training and education for up to one year. He went before the congressional floor and said, America faces a unique moment in history. Our nation is at war. We have been attacked on our own soil. Our homeland security is more at risk than it has been since World War II. A draft is necessary. I earnestly declare that a draft has to be evoked. 
there is an undercurrent of attacks bombarding the kingdom of God. See, when you look at the internet and you hear priests teaching that there's no heaven or hell and you can live however you want no matter what, you good with God. When kids are being suspended for praying in schools, when I can read Harry Potter and witchcraft and stuff about the Baphomet at my job or at school, but risk losing it when I read my Bible, it is definitely a war zone uh, for the kingdom of God. And God is looking for a few good men and women. Your own life is also a testament. Look at how much hell has attacked you since you gave your life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. You, you know how you, you wasn't nothing really bothering you as much until you came into the house of God. Because when you on Satan's team, he's not going to attack you. See, the Lord is searching for people to draft, not just anyone would do. He is selective, looking for those who will serve capably in his army. In case you didn't know, the Lord has recently been walking you through various trials to see whether you would stand the test of time. He had to allow you to endure some physical tests, some sickness, soul drain, and pain. An ordinary person would have found a way to end their life, but you are still here and in your right mind. Perhaps you've had an attitude and you, have, you, you may not even know why you're angry and crying. Maybe you don't know, even know from where the tears are coming. God has taken you through moral tests where he allowed you to experience various situations to reveal if you've grown, whether you would fail or fall or for the same thing that you failed for prior to the testing of your faith. See, God grades us uh, like special education teachers, right? He doesn't pass you by the traditional grading system. He gives us all IEPs or individualized education plans. You pass the test if you did better this semester than you did the last semester. That, that's how you pass. In Judges 6, God dealt with a people claiming to have faith but were very fickle. They did what seemingly uh, was right in their own eyes, but always ended up in bondage. After finding themselves enslaved, they would go through a season of repentance and prayer. The Lord would give them relief and a breakthrough after they would go. After that, they'd go into revival and praise and God for their escape from captivity. But soon after they got free, the revival ended. Because basically they were praying, Lord, if you get me out of this one this time. Come on, somebody. You know you done prayed them prayer before. Lord, if you just get me out of this this time, if you just get me home this time, I won't, press with, I won't mess with Jack or Daniel no more. I promise <laughs> If you just get me home, Lord. <laughs> they, they will start the cycle over again, walk in disobedience, fall into bondage, then cry out for help. Ain't that like us? The Lord will bring us out of a situation. We will shout and praise for a while, but then return to the very thing God delivered us from. He wants to draft those who will fight to turn this around and elevate their standard of continence, people who will lead and stand in the gap for others. See, you know you're going through something because you're going to be able to help somebody else get out of it when you get out of it. 
Have you ever seen somebody and people don't know what they're going through, but because you went through the same thing, you understand what they're going through and you can almost tell them what they need to do before they open their mouth and they say, how you knew? Because I've been there. I've been through it. See, you don't have to tell everybody exactly what you did. You don't have, but you, that should be a testimony in you because, do you understand what testimony start with? It's a test. You got to pass a test so you can have a testimony and God allows you to go through some things so you will have enough power, enough, enough storyline in you to be able to help bring somebody else through. The old school preacher would tell you your misery will become your ministry. Whatever hell you going through right now, God is getting an anointing out of you because I told you the anointing does not fall fresh on you. The anointing flows up out of you like rivers of living water. It is because you've been broken. When you're broken, the anointing comes up out of the mess that you've been broken in. And you are able to, to relate and minister to other people. God God doesn't call people who have it all together because people that got it all together, they point their fingers at you. They look down on you. But if you find somebody that has been through some hell and been through some mess, they don't judge you. They, oh, you don't understand, baby. When you really been through some hell, you don't judge nobody because you look over your life and say, if it has not been for the Lord on my side. Well, would I be God trapped a young man named Gideon? And he told Gideon to lead the army even though he had no military experience and didn't know how to handle military weaponry. By experience and certification, Gideon was not a soldier but a farmer. When God calls you, sometimes he calls you to do something you have no experience, no education, no training for. He wants to see if you would trust him. Many have run from, call, from the call saying they couldn't do it. God will call you into service, and the only way you will be successful is you take him with you. See, God calls you into uncomfortable situations so you will know it's not you. Huh? God said, I use the foolishness of a man to confine the wise so no man can say that they saved themselves and act like they got it all together. God will put you in a situation he know you can't handle on your own, so you got to hold on to his unchanging hands. Yeah, 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 I'm missing it. Gideon said, how, in, in 615 of Judges, Gideon said, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least of my family. My family ain't nothing, and I'm a little less than nothing than them. My clan is the lowest. My family the poorest. The most unsuccessful clan in the whole city. And I'm the lowest of all of them. What you want, God? <clears throat> in other words, Lord, get somebody else. I come from a family that's broken. I come from a family that where nobody has done anything great. I come from a family where nobody has ever thought outside the box, but God said to get in. That's why I chose you. I chose you because I want people to understand that when you get to this level of success, it has nothing to do with who your family is or who your contacts are or what your last name is. I'm not looking for people whose families are messed. I'm looking for people whose families are messed up so that when I bring them out, they're going to bring their whole family out with them. God is not looking for somebody that got everything together. If you got everything together and you humble God, still will use you, but sometimes God to look for somebody who's so messed up that everybody understands that ain't no way in the world that Ray Ray got out of this by himself. It must have been the hand of the Lord 
on his life. God has a way of getting glory out of his situation because God said, I'm a jealous God. I don't want you to put any other God before me, not even yourself. So when I bring you out of something, you're going to know it wasn't you. Your mama going to know it wasn't you. Your enemies going to know it wasn't you. They going to know it had to be the Lord. Yeah, it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to have a call in your life and your family is dysfunctional. Oh, yeah. It's a fanatical. It's fanatical to have high expectation when you come from a family with low aim. But God will use you to shift the family curse. The strongholds that have been holding your family back for years will fall away when he brings you through. Nobody in your family will have to settle for second best ever again. God will use you to raise the level of excellence. He told Gideon in Judges chapter 7, I'm making you the general of the army with no experience, training, or expertise. Then Gideon said, I can do it because I got 32,000 soldiers. I know I can do it. Then the Lord said, you think all the people around you are with you, don't you? Don't think that the people around you are with you just because they're standing there. Just because somebody is in your prayer circle, don't think that they're praying for your happiness. You better learn how to discern who's with you. How can two walk together unless they agree? You got too many soldiers. I don't want to deliver them into your hand because you are thinking you. That's why the more you get elevated, the more people come against you. <clears throat> One of my friends said, people coming at me more now. Hey, what they didn't understand, I said, because you ain't broke no more. Nobody hate on you when you ain't got nothing. You broke. Nobody care. But now you're being elevated, and now people see that you're beginning to have more wealth than them, and now you separate them from them when it comes to economic status, and they're mad about it, so they're always going to try to block you because they don't want you to go further than them because they're jealous. Yeah, 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 I'm trying to tell somebody, everybody that's around you, not with you. See, if you're praying with somebody and the only thing they want to do is pray for you and don't ever want you to pray for them, all they try to do is get your business. You talk too much. If you always want to know my problem pray for me, you ain't praying for me. You praying on me. You just want my business. You better watch out, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling you. Just because somebody go to your church don't mean they're a real Christian. Huh? We already told you 9-11, they attacked us on our own soil. There was somebody in the priesthood that said there's no heaven or hell and said that you can live any old way. So the devil would plant folk in the church the same way. Oh, y'all better hear me right now. There's some folk in here that ain't caring about Jesus. They just want to figure out how to make your life worse than it ever. Y'all better watch out. Everybody in church ain't a Christian. Mm-hmm. You better watch out. Every time they got something negative to say. 
You sell the building, they mad. You rent the building, they mad. They mad about whatever you do. They'll fuss about everything because they don't care about anything in the kingdom. They care about themselves and they've been planted in the church as a spy from the gates of hell. Y'all better understand me. I'm trying to keep it real. Everybody in church, not kingdom. Everybody in church, don't pray to the same God I pray to. They just in here. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Some folk go from church to church just to see who can give them a hand out to pay their rent. They ain't there for no Jesus. They there because they need their bills paid. Oh, I'm coming down somebody's street and I don't care who told I step on today because everybody in the house of God not even thinking about God. They thinking about how their needs can be met. Every day you come in here, you need to come with a sacrifice of prayer, but every day you come trying to feed off everybody else. Well, one day you need to shout hallelujah. I'm tired of holding you up. Oh, you better watch out. I need you to come in here saying Hosanna sometime instead of coming down here with your head down, taking out a withdrawal every Sunday. You better come in here with a praise on your mouth. Trip me out. Last Sunday, I sat here. It was the happiest Sunday I have ever had. I ain't had to preach 8 or 11. And I sat out here and I looked at some folk looking all sad and mad that they look like every day. And I'm like, hold on. You ain't even got to preach. You ain't got to teach. You ain't got to sing. All you got to do is bring God a praise and he going to bring you a blessing. And you in here looking all crazy. You show oh my God. Now, let me get back to my sermon. He, he, he said, look here. God said, look here, Gideon. Go tell the folk who don't even want to fight, just go home. You don't want to fight, go home. And Gideon said, well, he's like, look here. God said, look here. It's better for them to be gone than be there because they're going to cause more harm than good. Because if they don't want to be there and they don't want to fight, they ain't going to do nothing but discourage the folk around them. See, some of y'all keep trying to hold folk on your job, in your business, at your church. All they do is complain and you trying to make them be different. They're not going to change. they wired like that. Stop trying to hold folk in your circle who always talking negative all the time. You got to learn how to, baby, you got to let it go. It seems like another little TKO. You better call Teddy. Better take some note from Pendergrass. You better let it go. Let them go. You keep trying to hold on, and all they do is bring negativity all the time. You can't change that. They got to change it on their own. You can't change nobody who always complaining, always looking at something in a negative way. Every time you're trying to take territory, they're telling you how many ways you can't do it. If you can't tell me what I can do, then get out of my ear. I can't take in my ears and in my eyes what I don't want to hear. You better tell me how I can take this territory. You better say, Hercules, 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 or get up out of my face. You better tell me what I can do. Cause you can tell them what I can't do. I don't want to be around you. When my, when, when, my, when my leg was hurt bad, when I really couldn't move, I was like, Mama, I, I ain't going to be getting fat sitting at home. Y'all can have that. 
I was in the weight room and I was I was bench. I ain't even really know I bench. I had one leg up. <laughs> and this dude came. He said, I can't tell you what he said. He said, Hey, hey man, you know, cause you big swole. Yeah. Hey, look, you know the little word we shouldn't say. Hey, look, man, how in the world you doing all that? Hey, well, what? he said, Why you doing like that? I said, Man, because my leg hurt. He said, I said, I do it cause I gotta do it. And Vote against saying, man, you shouldn't do that. I said, hey, man, I ain't working with you. Go on over there. For real. Like, I'm, I'm good. And I wasn't trying to be rude, but I didn't need to keep hearing what I couldn't do because probably I couldn't do it. Now maybe I can't do it because I don't have to. I ain't going to just go in there bitching with one. Look, this look crazy as a mug. I ain't care. I had a brace on. I couldn't put my leg down, but I wasn't going to sit up there and get all the way out of shape because I got to take care of my temple. And when I'm sitting in there and people telling me why I shouldn't do this and this ain't safe, go over there. Get away from me because I can't keep listening to you telling me what I can't do because if I keep listening to you, it's going to affect my heart. And out of the burden of the heart, the mouth speaks and the mouth speaks out of what your ears and eyes keep taking in. So if you're not saying what I need to hear for encouragement, it ain't nothing big. It's, it was something small, but you got to learn how to do it on that level too. Because you got to be faithful over a few things, he make you rule over many things. And sometimes you got to get into a habit of telling people to shut up in a nice way when they speak it against what it is or tell them, just go over there or get off the phone. Say somebody calling me when people, you can't keep hearing it, it'll affect you. Because whatever you keep hearing, it's going to affect your heart. And I didn't want anybody to keep telling me what I couldn't do. Daughter was like, man, you, you healing real quick, quicker than you should. I, I don't even understand. I'm like, first of all, it's the power of God, and I'm going to keep doing stuff right at the edge of what you tell me I can't do. I ain't going to do it all the way, but I'm going to go there because I got to strengthen myself. Yeah. You understand? Oh, God wants some folk that live on the edge. I done told you about boring people. Boring people are broke. Until you learn how to be different than everybody else, you're going to steal I'm going to leave you alone. I'm trying. But, but uh, I mean, he's going to get to myself. He told him, look here. Get out. Get rid of him. And when, when they left, 22,000 folk left. Let me tell you something. First of all, when they had 32,000 folk, they were still four times smaller than the Midianite army. So they already losing. Now, God has said, 22,000 people go. I'm a farmer. I'm not a military person. I got rakes and shovels. Now you're telling me to go get some spears and, I'm going to just say guns, modernized, some guns. I didn't make nothing else. <laughs> you, 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 now, now you're telling me I'm not supposed to go fight an army with 120 some thousand soldiers. Now you done took my 32 and went down to 10,000. <clears throat> Hold on, God, you sure that's you talking? Am I hearing you right? Because God will tell you to do some crazy stuff that don't make no sense at all. When I tell you, everybody thought I was crazy when I came here. And when I got here for the first year, I thought so too. They were like, you going to go up there on a year probation. You going to go take a $30,000 pay cut and you going to go there. God told me to. You sure you heard God? 
I did, because I know it ain't me, because I'm greedy. <laughs> I know it ain't, it ain't Maxwell. It ain't, it ain't him. But, 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 but the thing about it is, when God tells you to do something that don't make sense, it don't matter because his wisdom is bigger than yours. And when you do what God tells you to do, he's obligated to bless you. When you learn how to put some stuff down and walk away from it and don't even worry about it because you know God has supply all of your needs according to his riches in heaven, you will go wherever God calls you. Some of you all don't have money because you're chasing money. You need to chase your purpose. And when you chase your kingdom purpose, money will chase you down. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Come on, somebody. Your car will be added. Your house will be added added. Your dress will be added. Your suit will be added. Your shoes will be added. All these things will be added unto you because when you do what God tells you to do and give up what he said give up, he'll give you everything that's in his hand. Ooh. Some of y'all going to go out of here with a new attitude. You're going to say, I'm going to stop chasing money and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Somebody say, your church grew so much, even in the pandemic, how did it happen? You do the, you do this, the cameras and the Facebook and all this stuff to grow your church, and you do it. I said, I don't do it to grow my church. That was a, it's a byproduct, but that ain't why I do it. I do it because I want to be able to get the word to folk who may not see it who may not go to church. And the reason why we infiltrate Facebook, we were doing it even before the pandemic, was because I see all the negative stuff on Facebook, but if we put some positive stuff out there, every now and then somebody that don't go to church will see it. Every now and then I get an inbox and people that need counseling, I'll be like, hey, minister so-and-so, I need you to pray for them. Hey, Sister Cooley, can you pray for them? Hey, so-and-so, can you pray for them? Hey, Deacon Smell, can you pray for them? Because they'll begin to see different clips of the small clips and they'll begin to say, it's something different about what he's talking about. It's something different about this God thing. They don't even know who God is. But because they see a clip or two, it ain't for us to grow the church. It grows because of it, but it's always because we want to make sure the kingdom word goes forth. When you do stuff for pure reasons, God going to increase anyway. When you're trying to get your craft better so you can make sure you serve your customers better, your business will grow because your customer service will improve. And if you're doing it just to make sure you serve everybody right, it's going to grow anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna let me get out of here. I'm, I'm trying to. Let me see. 10,000 folks. He's down to 10,000. Then God said, hold on. Take 10,000 of them. Take them down to the wall. Put them in two groups. Those who sit down on their knees and, and drink out the water with their face in the water. And, and, and we ain't worried. I just need you to look for the people that put their hand in the water and, and, and lick it like dogs. Lap it like dogs. That's what they do. Because that means they're paying attention. Get, get, get them. Don't, don't get nobody who just fall all the way on their knees to put their face in the water. I, I need you to find the ones. And only 300 did it. Don't you get like, hold on. God, 300. You're telling me to go with 300 folk to go fight 120 some thousand folk, and now they're going to think I'm crazy. 
See, they, they fell on their knees and just put everybody. You got to be careful for all they know how to do is pray. Everybody just fall on their knees every time. Yes, you got to fall on your knees and pray, but every now and then you got to learn how to fight. Faith without works is dead. I don't want to hang around somebody that pray all the time. Hey, I got this problem. Somebody over here trying to bring them out. Well, let me pray. Negro, you better come bring your peace over here. I, I need some help. Y'all, y'all don't understand what I'm saying. I need somebody who's ready to fight. I can't have somebody, all you do is pray every single time. Yes, you're supposed to pray, but pray, prayer with faith without works is dead. You got to watch and pray, which means you got to do something. God said, oh, no, no, don't mess with them churchy, churchy folk. All they know how to do is pray and fall on their knees and put their face in the water. I need you to find some real soldiers. Then after they pray, they get up off their blessed assurance and go fight. We got quiet in here. I don't care. Stop praying all the time and get your behind up and go do something. You praying so you can get an answer from God and then go act. But some of y'all praying just sit there. I want a job. Oh, Lord, bring me a job. Oh, Lord, bring me a job. They ain't feeling not one application. Ain't trying to get not one interview. But the Lord shall provide. Let me get out of here. It, it was funny that some people used to come to me when we were trying to get the building, and they were like, if you just pray about it, God will just give it to you. You don't need to go over there looking and doing it. What are you talking about? You don't make any sense. Let me look this way because some of y'all is out there. <laughs> Let me talk to Jay. Some of them was like, just pray about it, and it's just going to happen. If you pray about it, God just going to give it to you. So we ain't got to go get pre-qualified. Now, I know why it's so hard to say a church and all these Negroes telling me what God said. I'm like, did you go get pre-qualified? God said we're going to have this. Well, what did the credit bureau say? <laughs> what, what did your bank account say? Yeah, I'm talking about you if you're listening. Oh, the Lord told me it's my building. <laughs> You got $1.5 million, it's your building. But if not, it's but a dream. I know, it's, I know it, it, it sounds harsh, but we need to understand that church folk, we need to learn how to do practical stuff. I can't hang around people that's always talking about what the Holy Ghost going to do. The Holy Ghost will do it seemingly abundant above whatever you ask to go a man according to the power that works in you, which means you have to do something before the Holy Ghost is activated. You're trying to make the Holy Ghost activated without your work. I don't know, man. I, I, Sometimes, ah, sometimes holy, holy people just make me itch. Making me itch. Jesus. Don't want to do nothing practical. I don't know. This somebody that turned into a vent session. <laughs> Why do we think we're supposed to just pray and do nothing else? Prayer works, but you got to work with it. God is your partner. He not going to just do it for you. You are the vessel he wants to work through. But if you don't learn how to do something in the natural along with your prayer, you're going to still be in the same place. 
because prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. When you pray to God, if you sit there long enough, he's going to tell you what he wants you to do. He's going to give you some instructions. <clears throat> Let me get out of here. I ain't drink my tea. <clears throat> see, see, I need you to pray. But I need you to get up off your knees and go do something. That's all I'm saying. Now don't, 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 don't be like tweeting, Maxwell said don't pray. I didn't say don't pray. I said, when you pray, get up and do something. Right? It, it, this ain't like the, the, the Holy Ghost happy day and sermon. I know. But look, and, 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 and the thing about this, when somebody else coming through what you coming through, don't judge them. You went through it too. You know, around you with somebody, you see somebody who's smoking, and then somebody just cough, 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 and the person who done been smoking before. You been smoking for 20 years, and then somebody else smoking, you act like you about to die. <laughs> she's smoking, she's smoking. You just smoked yesterday. You got a little patch on your arm. <laughs> and sometimes we get saved. And sometimes we get saved, and, hey, I'm, I'm going to use this one, because my voice finna go out in a minute. See, sometimes we get saved and we save for like three weeks and then we want to point our finger at somebody else as if, if, if they're going to hell and you just got saved. You ain't even been through nothing yet. The devil don't even know you got saved yet. He ain't even, he ain't even looking at you right now because he, you was in hell last week and now you saved. And then he's going to be like, hold on, they going to church. Then when they start putting that fire on you, you're going to understand it. You got to understand, stop pointing your fingers at other people because God is the reason why you okay. It's the reason why Jesus was born in a manger. A manger it doesn't look good the way we have it when we do our Christmas story. No, the manger is a place where animals eat, where animals use the bathroom, number one. And number two, a manger is a trough what they eat out of. It was a nasty, smelly barn. It was only surrounded by sheep and oxen. It didn't smell good. He was born a half-breed palace Jew. Wow, he would let you know no matter how long you came from, God will still use you. The reason why Gideon went up with the clay jars and they broke the clay jars is to let you know there's a blessing in earthen vessels. You are the earthen vessels. Even though you ain't nothing but a bag of dirt, your God still will use you. Your God will still exalt you. Your God will still anoint you. Your God will still bless you. Your God will still elevate you. Your God will still deliver you. Your God will still take you to the next level. He'll give you a good measure blessing. Press down, shake it together, and run it over. Tell your neighbor, I know I'm in the manger right now. I know I'm in the barnyard right now. But my God is about to take me to another level. I was born in the manger. I was messed up, born in sin. But my God walked down 42 burning generations, enrolled himself in the flesh, came out Emmanuel. God is with us. And if that wasn't enough, that God went to the cross for me, not like a lion, but like a lonely sheep. 
going to the shearer. He died so I may live. Even though I cuss every now and then. Even though I lie every now and then. My God still loves me. He still loves you. He still anoints you. You know why? He was born low. He came through all the generations. He walked down the lineage of kings. Walked down through Solomon. Walked down through Rahab. A hoe that was selling her body. He walked through Mary. A little virgin girl who was cast out by her friends and family because they thought she was a master around. My God made sure he related to everybody. He related to the unwed mothers. He related to the line men. He related to kings and queens. He related to the homeless. He walked down all the way from heaven. Walked through the aristocrats. Walked through the rich. Walked through the wealthy. Went down through the middle class. Walked down to the messed up folk. Came out of half-breed. Not a whole Jew. But it was a Palestinian Jew. An outcast on one side. Accepted on the other. He covered everything. So tell your neighbor. If there would not have been a you. He still would have died. For me. My God. He loves me. He loves me. He is. And then they took the fire. And they lit the torches. Because God. Will burn a fire in you. Once he breaks. The alabaster jaw. Of your soul. Of your pride. Of your haughty attitude. When he humbles you. And breaks you. The anointing would be so potent. The anointing would be so powerful. Why? Because when you're broken, God can use you. You won't judge me. When you're broken, you can relate to my sin. When you're broken, you can relate to my failure. When you're broken, you can relate to my mess ups. When you're broken, you can relate to my strongholds. But I'm here to tell you right now, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is about to come in the morning. He's about to bless you. He's about to give you an overflow. That idea that's in your mind, stop talking to your haters and take it to him and watch him cause to flourish I'm talking to somebody that God gave you an idea but you keep knocking it down because you keep talking to the wrong people you better learn how to walk to some pro how to walk with some folk that them been through hell show me an anointed person I show you somebody that's been through hell show me an anointed person show me a blessed person I saw you somebody that had some sleepless nights hey but God shall redeem you he shall bless you I don't know why I thought about this song when I said weeping may endure for a night but ain't it funny how we said I've had some good days I've had some bad days 
today I wasn't happy, but I won't complain because my good days is gonna outweigh my bad days. I won't complain. I bring you a sacrifice of praise so you can give me a praise for my heaviness. Hey, I said this before, but let me slow down and say it again. A seed is buried in dirt, buried in darkness and dirt, but it still says, even though I can't see the sun, even though I can't see the light, I'm gonna hold my leaves and my branches to the hills from which cometh my help. Even though it's in dirt, it still praises. Even though it's in dirt, it still lift up holy hands. Can I talk to some people? You in the midst of dirt, but if it doesn't be like that seed and lift up holy hands, even in the midst of your challenges, he will bless you. He will give you an overflow. He will liberate you. I just need some folk who are ready to get blessed to give God a sacrifice of praise. Yes! Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him at night. Praise Him in the noonday. I praise Him. I praise Him. I praise Him. See, y'all only know how to praise Him. And see, when you praise Him, you praise Him for what He did. But when you learn how to worship Him, You'll worship him even when you don't get the job because you know that even though I don't have the job right now, he might have just closed that door because he got a better one for me right now. I was young, but now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I know his seed begging for bread. I ain't gonna beg nobody because my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. It might not come from my church. It might not come from my job. But I know the windows of heaven have been opened up and I'm about to receive a blessing that I won't have room to receive. I'm going to have to bless my friend. I'm going to have to bless my family. I'm going to have to bless my enemy because of the overflow that God is about to give me. I'm tired. I don't want to talk. I got to preach one more time. I'm going to just stop. God wants to give you an overflow. Oh, I ain't forgot about this overflow. It's in me. And anointed wealth is on me. And if you're around me, it's going to hit you. I'm comfortable. I don't care what kind of church we in, Baptist. We're going to walk in Holy Ghost power. And you're going to start walking in it. Because there's a shift that took place on Tuesday. 
And I wanted to preach it this morning, but God said, no, the men only got ink pens. Preach kingdom men. Get them something. <laughs> but the word is in me. The next one's can you feel the shift I give you? Can you feel the shift? Because there's a shift in your church. And when there's a corporate shift, there has to be an individual shift. Because a corporate shift can't happen unless the individual shift as well. Now I can tell y'all, I've been limping since November. So I've been waiting on you long enough. And I'm still walking with a limp. But I know, you know how you train a trainer, you and they running, and then they come back, those who've been in, paid the training, and they come back because they're trying to make you keep up. But after about the second week, they're like, you better keep on running. If you left, you better find your way back. You better not turn around. That's where I'm at. About almost 12 years, we've been moving that slow walk. Because we're trying to make sure we don't just leave our little natural mindset. But 12 is a prophetic number. All the 12 tribes of Israel is a prophetic number. The number of tribes, the completion. God is about to take us to a new level. We ain't going through my year 12 in this same place. The shift happened on Tuesday. And we ain't going to look back. We're going to preach like we preaching. But some of our stuff, you're going to need your ink pen. Because are you ready for the shift? Because we can't. See, this is the thing. We as Christians, we function too much from the bottom up. But you're supposed to function from the top down. You are, your weapons are not carnal, but are spiritual. For the casting out of strongholds in vain imagination, anything that exalts itself against the armies of the living God. You keep trying to operate down here, but you need to be operating in the spiritual realm. And so whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, not the third heaven, but the second heaven. Second heaven where the demons are. I'm going to a whole other sermon. I'm coming to this next. But I need y'all to understand, you can't bind God. And God don't need to be loosed. But when you're praying for your blessings, some of you all, your blessings are already there. They're already there, but they're being held up in the second heaven. And you got to learn how to pray and bring it down. Some of you all, business, it's, it's time to break through. Your blessings, it's time to break through. But you continue to operate in the natural. And I know this ain't got nothing to do pretty much with that sermon, but I just need y'all to get ready for this shift. Because there's a spiritual power that's in this place that some of y'all going to be scared of, but don't be scared because the blessing coming. And I'm saying, I remember how I used to be like, oh, I'm sorry for saying this. No, no, I'm, I'm here now. I ain't sorry. I ain't sorry, not sorry either. I ain't sorry, period. Because where we have to go, where God wants to do, can y'all understand this? The world is going to hell. They push same-sex marriage more than they push, push heterosexual marriage. You can't watch a movie without saying something in it that don't make no sense. They're pushing the agenda. Although I didn't watch the show, I watched it a few times, but it was like just too crazy for me. Power, I realized he was kicked off because they wanted him to kiss a man. He was like, no. That's why he ain't on the show no more. He got some kingdom in him. You understand? I'm saying do what you want to do because God gives you free will. 
But I'm saying don't push it in my face to act like it's right. Don't push it down my throat and try to make it it's right. Don't waterboard me with all this foolishness. So what am I saying? God wants some kingdom millionaires because he needs you to own some TV stations. <clears throat> he needs you to own some law firms. He needs you to own some stores, some shops. He needs you to have some schools. He needs kingdom people to be blessed and be at the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower. Why? Because then you're in a place of authority and power. And you can push the agenda of the kingdom instead of having the agenda of the world shoved down your throat. God wants some kingdom men, but he wants some kingdom women as well. He don't need a big number, although he'd rather it be everybody, but everybody's not going to answer the call. So don't worry about who's not answering the kingdom man call or the kingdom woman call. You just answer yours. And when you answer yours, the world be shifted. King, one man, shifted all America. Gandhi, one man, shifted the whole daggone world. Because when you walk in your kingdom power, the world can't stop you. Because your weapons are not carnal. They spiritual. And you will cast down anything that comes against the armies of the living God. Walk in your authority, kingdom men. Walk in your authority, kingdom women. He wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing to this evil world. Amen.